Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. It's everyone can have an idea and everyone can have a, uh, that first step towards the thing that they either feel that God is leading them to or something that they want to do, but sticking with it is another thing entirely. Uh, you can wake up and, and begin to pray. And, and so you did it all right. You got there in the morning and you went to pray. And next thing you know, you were just, you had to wake up all over again because you fell asleep. Like a few minutes into your prayer, you set the alarm, you did everything right. You just kept falling asleep during your prayer. And uh, people are laughing because we've all done it. So, so don't feel bad about that. But you know, the point is, is that you set the alarm the next day and you wake up and you do it again because I've learned that, you know, taking a step is one thing, but beginning a journey and trying to stay on track track is an entirely different thing altogether. And so today, what I want to do is I want to preach a message to you about freedom, because freedom is not necessarily just an event. I do believe that it really is a journey. And if you have been a person that has historically began a journey, got disenfranchised and and quit that journey, well, good news, because today is a new day. One of the things I love most about the gospel message about Jesus is that his mercies are new every morning. One of the things I love most about God is, is that anytime you turn to him, he's always there for you. And so even if up until this point, you have begun things and not seeing necessarily the fruit of those things take root in your heart and you haven't seen some of those things begin to be outworked, today is a new day. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And so you can make decisions today and begin to walk straight out of this place and refocus on what you believe God wanted you to do. And I think that so often what happens is that God prepares the way for us to live in the life that he has called us to. But there is a difference between knowing it exists and completely walking in it. So I want to read a scripture to you today. It comes out of Galatians chapter 5 verses 7 to 8. And I want to explain, the, by way of introduction, exactly what's happening so that you can understand the context of this scripture. So just, just to help you unpack this, there are really uh, two covenants that you can approach God with. One is a works-based covenant, and a covenant is like a promise, an agreement between us and God. Uh, we don't get to change any agreement that God comes that he gives to us. You know, we don't get to change a covenant. We can agree, we can disagree with a, a covenant, but we don't get to change it. So there is a, there is a, a covenant of works. By the way, if you're new to church uh, or, or you don't, you know, have a relationship with God, you probably think that this is the way to reach God. So it's a covenant of works. The other co- covenant that we have is a covenant of grace. And if you're a Christian, this is what we believe, that you can approach God, not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus did. And the seal of both of those covenants, there was, to seal a covenant, it was always sealed with blood. It was kind of like a very way of saying, a way of saying, I'm very serious about entering into this agreement. So right where we pick up this story, this is right out of Galatians chapter 5. And Paul the Apostle has been writing to these uh, uh, Galatians because what's happened here is that Jewish Christian missionaries have come back into the church and they've spoken to people that are Christian and they already live under the covenant of grace. 
grace, which means they can uh, enter into a relationship with God and come close to God because of what Jesus did. And these Jewish Christian missionaries come in and they say, no, 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 no. There is something that you need to add to the conviction of your heart in order to come close to God. And the thing that you need to add is circumcision. Why would anyone campaign for that? Do they know what it involves? You would think that people would find any way to get out of circumcision. And yet, there is a group of people coming to Christians that already are living free, and they are saying to them, no, 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 let's have circumcision. Yeah, I don't get it either, but this is what they believed, because in circumcision, there's a spilling of blood, and that's the seal of that of a covenant, and so that's the reason why. And so this is where we pick up the scripture. And Paul the Apostle, he writes to them and he says, you were running so well. You were doing so good. Last week you came and you had an encounter with God. Lucas Connell preached a great message and you had freedom in that moment. You were doing so well. All this week you have been doing well, at least till Wednesday. You were doing so well. You were running well. Who hindered you? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. In other words, what Paul is really saying to them is, what you're hearing right now, this doesn't come from God. You don't need to add anything to the covenant of grace in order to draw near to God. No, 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 no. Jesus already did that when he spilt his blood Then the covenant was sealed. Now you can come close to God. You were running so well. You have been doing so good. 2018 started by his spirit. Praise God, it's only February. And you were running so well. But you got to know that something eventually is going to try to hinder you. You know, when I I first became a a, a Christian, I was a little boy. I spent some time away from God. And when I was 21 years old, I came back into a, a relationship with God. And that day when I was at church, I had an encounter with God. It was a supernatural encounter. I felt the presence of God in me, on, on me in such a way that I still have not felt it like that to this day. And in that moment, I made a decision to follow Jesus. But the journey is so much more difficult than the decision that you make. Decisions are events. They happen in a moment. But the journey, now that's another thing altogether. The destination can sometimes be so much harder to reach. And I've learned that sometimes your past anchors your future. Your past will anchor your future. I don't know anyone that wants to be trapped in life. I don't know anyone that wants to have their relationship with God inhibited. I don't know anyone that wants to feel enslaved by their past. But the thing is, is that you have this thing inside of your brain called your memories. And when you become a Christian, you enter into a relationship with God. Guess what is not deleted? Your memories. So everything that you did, 
you still remember it. And it's sometimes very difficult to forget some of the actions that you had or the, or the decisions that you made. And when I became a Christian, I'll tell you honestly, I struggled with this in my life because it wasn't that I didn't believe that God didn't accept me on the day that I gave my life to him. But I had an entire history that came before that day. I had an entire history in the lead up to that decision that I made. And so on that day, I was saved. By the way, if you're new to church or, or you don't quite understand this, when you become a Christian and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, it is a one-time event. You don't need to come back to church next week and give your life to Jesus all over again. It doesn't work that way. It's a one-time event. Uh, you don't have to rededicate yourself every week. If you want to do that because you felt like you drifted far from God and now you're coming back to him, sure. Go ahead. Like, knock yourself out. Do it, right? But, but don't think that you need to get resaved all over again. And I only mention it because sometimes what happens between Sunday and Sunday is that you go out back into the world, struggle with the stuff that anchored your past in the first place, come back into church and think, I need to get saved all over again. No, you don't. Because... Saved is a one-time event. When you were saved by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, all of your past sins were forgiven. And all the present stuff that you're struggling with, that gets forgiven. Are you ready for this? All the stuff that you're going to do tomorrow will also get forgiven. That's why we call it grace. And if you are new to church, you come in, you get saved. And I've seen a lot of people, a lot of Christian people that come in and get saved, but they're not free. They're not free. They come in and they give their life to Jesus, but they're still trapped. And it's not because they want to be trapped. In fact, most people want to be free, but there's, there's something. There's something that hinders your freedom. The word hinders, it comes from a Greek word which literally means to impede or to cut off somebody's path. I was watching the ice skating this week during the Winter Olympics. I had just written this message and the commentator says as they're skating around the rink, oh no, his path has been impeded. I said, yes, I know all about that. I could tell it to you in Greek. He's been impeded. And you know what happened when I watched it? Somebody, one of the, I don't even know, I can't remember which country it was, but one of the guys was skating. Another person impeded his path, cut him off, made him spin out of control. Can you imagine working so hard to be an Olympic athlete for years and years and you work hard and you're fit and you're ready and someone impedes your path. How would you feel about that? Well, maybe you don't know because you're not an Olympic athlete, right? But someone cut you off before on the road. And when they cut you off on the road, what came out of your mouth? Don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. I know what you said. You said, God bless you. I didn't want the front of my car anyway. God bless you. I was hoping to get a new car with greater fuel consumption. That's what I was looking for a reason to upgrade my vehicle. So this is 
perfect. This is exactly what I need. You know, if somebody did that to you, you would be so mad about it. And you know what's really crazy about this is that spiritually, this happens to Christians all the time and they just lump it. If someone did it to you physically, oh, you'd be so mad about it, but it happens to you spiritually. And you don't even see it. And what you think is just a bad turn of events could actually be the devil impeding your path because he wants to cut off your path to freedom. You made a decision to follow Jesus. Congratulations. It was not going to be smooth sailing the whole way. It wasn't going to be easy every step of the journey. I've noticed something about the, the devil. He's invisible. I can't see him. Maybe you can, but I can't. And just because you can't see him doesn't mean that he's not there working in the background. I, let's not take this too far. I know some people <laughs> I know some people look for a devil everywhere. They're like, this must have been the devil. Where is he? He's around here somewhere. Come on, I know the devil is here somewhere. It's like, I slept in. What happened? The devil got into my alarm clock. No, you just didn't set it. That's, come on, come on, come on. The devil is not interested in you getting out of bed on time, right? He doesn't want you to then follow it up with some prayer, but you know, he's, he's not messing with your alarm clock. You don't look for him everywhere, but you should be aware that he can be somewhere. You know, when Israel decided that they were going to rebuild the temple, when they went to rebuild it, the devil impeded their plans for 17 years. And even though he didn't physically show up, he kind of did because he just worked through other people and situations and circumstances in order to stop God's people from prevailing and doing the very thing that God had called them to do in the first place. And you know what that feels like. To step out into something that you know God called you to do, but at the same time, now suddenly something's cutting you off. It's impeding your journey. It's trying to destroy what God is wanting to do and where he's wanting to take you in life. But here is the thing. At at that very moment when they were demoralized and frustrated, God came and he said, hey, listen, I want you to know something. You will build this temple, but it won't be by your might and it won't be by your power. It'll be by my spirit. And when you're looking for a decisive victory spiritually, you won't be able to fight that thing physically because he's invisible. What do you got? You got nothing. What you need is spiritual weapons for a spiritual war. You need the spirit of God to lead you through life to begin to break some of the chains that hold you back and ensnare you so that you can start to live that life that God called you to. To live the life that God called you to. You've got to know that the journey to freedom is likely to be impeded. And if your journey is, and maybe it is right now, you're not alone. You've got to know that there is a spiritual war designed to keep you from the presence of God. And the best tool that I've ever seen is condemnation. Condemnation. It keeps you from being able to go into the the presence of God. I want to illustrate this today. So I'm going to ask Zach, why don't you jump up here? Could you please put your hands together for Zach? He He makes a wonderful model. I threatened that we were going to do a duet from The Greatest Showman, but we're not going to do that today. 
Ne- maybe next time. Maybe next time. So, so here, I'll, Zach, come over here. While Zach's doing that, I, I want you to. I want to tell you a little story. I, I remember going to um, uh, the circus when I was a, a kid, and when I was there, I saw a. Uh, I remember seeing an, a, a huge elephant that was uh, just didn't seem to be moving very far. It just kind of st- stuck to this sort of small circle. And I looked and I saw the, the elephant had a chain that was wrapped around his leg and it was just tied to this little stake that had been hammered into the ground. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. That elephant is so big. Surely that elephant can just break that chain and walk off. That thing should just move with minimal effort. And the truth is the elephant can do that. But if you can get an elephant while it's young and you chain it, to a stake and you hammer that in the ground and you teach that elephant while it's young that it's going to be impossible for it to break that chain. When it grows up and it's big enough and strong enough, it'll never try because as far as its mind is concerned, that chain is unbreakable. And so this is what happens to people. It's really amazing um, how similar people are to elephants. It really is. Because this is what I've seen so many times for people is that they get, they end up, Zach, come here for a sec. I'm just going to chain your wrist to my little stake right here. Now, I want to, I'm going to take the key away so you can't escape. (laughs) It doesn't work if you can escape. It doesn't work. So I want you to just hold this right now and see, see, this guy's not going anywhere, is he? Well, maybe if he's stronger than me, but he's not for the illustration. So, so like, he's not going anywhere. So Zach is not going anywhere. This is, what I, this is what I've learned the devil does to you. He comes to you and he tries to pin you to all the stuff that's in your history. And if he can just chain you to all the junk that's in your past, you're not going anywhere. So this is what he does. He chains you and he says, that sin, that addiction that's in your life right now, sure, you gave your life to Jesus, but you got to know. You're never going to be free from that. You're struggling with pornography right now. Great, you gave your life to Jesus. You're never going to be free from that. You've got to understand, you've got so much junk in your life, you are not going to be free. Your marriage will never be better than it is right now. You've got to know that all the mistakes of your past... They are still there. And while he keeps hammering home what you've done, if you're chained to it, you will never break free of it. You'll never be able to break free. Because he keeps telling you what's in your history. He keeps telling you what you've done. By the way, you are done, so you might as well take a seat because you're not going anywhere. I've seen this happen to so many people. I've seen this happen to so many Christians who gave their life to Jesus on Sunday, but by Tuesday, they're still struggling with some stuff, some condemnation, some guilt that's somewhere back in their past from what they've done. And you know, the Galatians, as Paul writes to them, 
And he says to them, these Jewish Christian missionaries that came in, they said to you that the only way for you to really get free is that you're going to have to get circumcised because if you do that, that will mean that you can enter the covenant. You need to add some works to this covenant of grace in order to make it work. And they kept saying it and saying it and saying it. And you know, if you hear something enough times, like in your mind, this relentless pursuit of your mind, you're never going to break free. Eventually, you start to believe it and that's exactly what they did but see the first trick to convincing somebody that they're not free is you have to convince them that they're trapped now here's the crazy part they're already free they're already free and when these guys come they say no 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 you're not free you're trapped so now because they believe that they're trapped It kind of has the same effect. It has the same effect on their journey through life. You know, the Lord dictated that the way to earn salvation was by your behavior. And there's a problem with that. Is that the entire Old Testament teaches us that you will never get close to God through a covenant of works. You will never get close to God through your behavior. It's just not going to work for you. I remember years ago, I met a guy and he said this to me. He said, you know, I tried God. I said, what does that mean? He's not a pair of pants. Like, what do you mean you tried him? Like you put him on and you walked around and it felt uncomfortable? You don't just take God off. What do you mean you tried God? Let me paraphrase what this means to try God. It means I had some junk in my life and I thought that God, if I gave my life to him immediately, I would be set free from all the stuff in my history. But I found it really hard to break free. So I, I, I quit. I quit. See, I told you, anybody can start something, but there's a destination that's a lot more difficult to reach. You can start anything and be committed for that first step. But as you begin to map out the journey, you discover it's a little bit more difficult than I thought it was. And I'll tell you the truth right now. This is my story. I'm, I'm so invested in this message today because... The day that I gave my life to Jesus, I told you it was accompanied by this, it was signs and wonders. I mean, I felt the presence of God in a dramatic way. I didn't change my life for 12 months. I kept coming to church and I would sit in the seat. And even though I was free, I kept on living like I was enslaved. Nothing changed for me. And then when I tried to get closer to God, do you know what? It's like the enemy. He just, boy, He is so good at editing footage. He just cuts together the highlight reel of your life, but it's all the bad stuff. And he says, this is what you did. And by the way, this is who you are. And you're never getting free of it. You're never going to be free of it. He just keeps drilling that same point home. And this is what Paul says. Paul says to the Galatians, he says, hey, for freedom. Christ has set you free, past tense. You have been set free. So don't take on a yoke of slavery. You've already been set free. So why would you leave this this covenant of grace 
where Jesus did all the work and you don't have to add anything to it. Why would you, why would you leave that? And why would you enter into this covenant of works where you think, oh, I did give my life to Jesus, but now I've got to keep working really hard to maintain it or he's going to leave me. He's going to be so mad with me. He's going to be so disappointed in me. And I'll tell you something right now. I've learned that you can be saved and enslaved at the same time. Do you know anybody like that? That is saved? Yeah, 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 yeah. They gave their life to Jesus. But they're totally enslaved. They're just not living in freedom. They don't know what it feels like to not have that relentless voice that continues to speak to them. They walk around with baggage and they carry it and their lives are heavy. Israel was taken out of Egypt. Supernaturally took them out, led them out. Pillar of fire by night, cloud cover by day, food in the desert. Come on, this is unbelievable stuff here. Water from a rock. This is amazing. Part of the Red Sea. They walked through. They got to the other side. They faced some tough stuff. And you know what they said? They said, we should go back to Egypt. And I realized that you can take the slave out of Egypt, but sometimes you can't take Egypt out of the slave because it's a mentality. And sometimes people just learn to live trapped without the idea or possibility that there could be something so much better than what they've already experienced. You know, when it comes to forgiveness, it's given. It's a little clue. They actually put the word give in the word for given. Forgiveness is given. It's something that God gives to you. It's not something that was earned. If it was earned, we'd say a covenant of earned, but we don't. It's of grace and God's forgiveness. In fact, here's what I find really interesting. Paul says, this covenant that you guys are trying to enter into where you have to add something to your salvation, this is going to make you, and he says these words, this is going to make you fall from grace. I thought, how can you do that? Because if grace puts you there, how can you fall from that? How can you fall from, from grace? And see, the only way that you can fall from grace is if you think that you put you there. And if you think you put you there, that's the only thing that stops the grace of God from moving in your life. Because now it's all on you. And you should know the end of that story. Because if we follow that path all the way down, you already know that you're going to fail. That's how you leave the grace of God. You put it back on you. He saved me. Now it's my job to maintain it, to keep him happy with me. And I'll tell you right now, the devil will encourage you. To do this. In fact, this is one of the key ways that he will impede people's personal freedom and victory. He will cut you off. And he does it, and it's kind of subtle, but he does it through what we just call religion. And religion is a system of works designed to get you closer to God, but we already took most of history to figure out that this didn't work, and that's why God sent Jesus. So that it wouldn't be a problem for people anymore. This is the same reason why the Galatians were considering getting circumcised. Because they thought, oh, if we do this, 
This is a work that we can put towards our relationship with God. This will bring him close to us. What they didn't realize is at the exact same time, it was the very thing that was turning them away from God. Where were they headed? But straight back into slavery, straight back into Egypt, straight back into the chains of their past. And the reason why I would preach a message on freedom is because I have never seen anyone live by his spirit while they're drowning in condemnation. You know, this year, if you want to live by God's spirit, this is the thing that could trip you up. No one lives led by the Spirit of God and enjoys the freedom of God while they're completely fixated and focused on their past and while they can't move away from it. If you want to live by God's Spirit, you need to learn to walk in His freedom. So let me explain it. Here's what happens. You can stand up again, Zach. (laughs) So the moment that you got saved, the moment that you got saved... If you follow this chain all the way through, you realize it was broken the moment you gave your life to Jesus. The moment you asked him, now this is an event. This is the event. The moment you give your life to Jesus, every tie to your past, everything that chained you, everything that held you to your past, everything the devil said that you are, You were not in that moment. You're not a slave. You're a son. You've been set free. And now the only person that's hanging on to the chain is you. And you just get convinced that this is what you need to do. Do you see the insanity of this? All you need to do is drop the thing. And you need to learn to live in God's grace and don't let your mind be trapped and ensnared. In fact, this is what This is what God said he would do. He said he would take your sins as far as the east is from the west. Why would you go back there and pick it up? You're already free. You've been a wonderful model. Thank you, Zach. Man, you're already free. You know you can be free and hold on to your past, right? You can be free and hold on to your past. You can be free and still live like a slave. On the outside, no one's going to know. It's not going to look any different to anyone else. There are sometimes there are signs, there are indicators that you might be living like this. It's when you feel so much guilt and shame and you get before God and you pray like this. You say, God... I'm so sorry that I screwed up again. I messed up again. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do better. I can do this, God. I can do this. No, you can't. That's why you need the grace of God. And what you should learn about that is that even if you mess up, I told you that God forgives you of all of your future sins. You should know now that you're forgiven for tomorrow. And I'm not making provision for anyone to get comfortable with where they're at. But at the same time, you've got to understand something about the covenant of grace that you actually live under. You've got to let go of your past. You've got to let go of the stuff that's trying to chain you. I want to read this to you. It comes out of Galatians chapter 5. Paul says this. Chapter 5, verse 16. 
He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So for anybody that's new, when we say about the desires of the flesh, we say things that you want for yourself that God doesn't want for you. We're talking about sin. We're talking about bad decisions. Walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You know, Paul's kind enough because he likes to spell it out if you haven't noticed when you read his letters. He, he actually gives you indicators so that you would know if you're living by the Spirit or by the flesh. Let me read them to you. He says this. You know what? If you're, if you're living by the flesh, this is some of the things that might come up in your life right now. Sexual immorality. Yep. 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 Struggling with pornography addiction. Maybe it's just lustful thoughts, whatever it is. You struggle with your thought life. It's affecting your marriage, your relationships around you. You might be struggling with sexual immorality, impurity. I think we covered that. Sensuality, idolatry. You're worshiping the wrong stuff. We already talked about that in the first week of this series. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. You just get so angry. Like so mad, it's like rage for small things that don't matter. Your kids do something small and you want to flip out at them. You're just, you're too mad. It's not reasonable to be this angry and yet you're there. Rivalries, you just, oh goodness, there's drama in your life. So much drama. Everyone offends you. There's always a reason to be upset. Dissensions. Oh gosh, you've always in arguments, divisions. Did you hear what she said about me? Oh my goodness. Envy, drunkenness. By the way, sometimes drunkenness is just a way to forget all the other stuff. So you drink to forget it. I'm telling you right now, there is stuff that is attached to your life. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, okay, okay this is, all right, there's a couple of things that you said. Maybe there's a part of you that is living out this journey and walking by the flesh. But the Bible says that there are also fruits of the Spirit. And these things, if you, if you have these in your life, they might be the indicators that you're headed in the right direction. Love. You just love people. You exude love. People can see it on you when you speak. They sense it. They know. Love. There's peace. Joy. You just, all these things that are happening in your world right now. There's grace. There's fruit that's attached to it. But it becomes really clear from what you're experiencing. It comes, becomes clear the path that you're taking. Paul's a, he goes on to say this. He says, for the desires of the flesh are against the desires of the spirit. In fact, it's interesting because they go, they're at opposite ends. So you probably find that you're going one way or you're going the other because they are exactly opposites. He says, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit... If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit of God, you're not under law. You live under grace. Access straight to God. Why would you give that up to pick up the other stuff that Jesus gave his life for so that you could put it down? If you want freedom this year, you're not going to find it by focusing on all the stuff that's in your past. See, you can live by the law or you can walk by your spirit, but you can't do both. Well, because they're opposed to each other. 
you're probably going to end up going one way or the other. Paul says the letter, meaning the law, he says it kills, but the spirit gives life. You know, at a glance, what would you choose? Well, yeah, come on, you choose the spirit, right? You would choose the spirit every time. Why? Because you're smart enough to realize the good things that you want in your life. But actually, it's, it's a little more difficult when you begin to map out the journey. So let me tell you how to choose. Well, firstly, Paul gives us the answer in the very first or in the second scripture that I read. But in verse 16, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I, I, I've never seen anyone find freedom by just intensely focusing on their past. That's it, not working. This doesn't work. If you are intensely focused, this is what I've done. This is who I am. These are the problems I've got. I'm never going to break free. This is my life. This is, uh, this is it. I, I'm chained to this. I've never seen anybody live and walk in freedom by being entirely fixed on that. And Paul said, no, no, no. Don't focus on all the things that you've done. Maybe what you should focus on is what Jesus has done. And so you turn and you face towards Jesus and maybe that should be the direction that you take. So let me be so practical because I want to help you to live in freedom this year. And this is just not complicated. You ready? This is how you do it. You have daily decisions through daily disciplines or you make daily decisions through daily disciplines. It's not, it's not hard. It's actually quite easy. So here's what you should do. You should read the Bible. I know it sounds simple, but you can't live off my revelation. I can't save you. Jesus can, but it works when you see him as he is. And you're going to get more of that if you read the Bible. So read the Bible. Number two, pray. You got to pray. This is actually a relational thing that happens here. You can't live through the prayers of other people. There's meant to be a relationship. So pray. And the last thing you do is you just listen to God. And if you pray and you read and you listen and you just repeat these things over and over again, every day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the word of God. I'm going to pray to God, but I'm going to know that I'm under a covenant of grace. And I'm going to listen for the words that he speaks to me, the words of life. Now you're starting to get closer to being led by his spirit. Because how can you be led unless you listen? How can you be led unless you listen? You need this time with him. And to be honest, people are going to tell you all kinds of things. You must do it at 6 a.m. You know what? Just do it. Like, sure, if 6 a.m. works for you, great. But Jesus is still awake at 10 p.m. The Holy Spirit doesn't sleep. So just do it and repeat. And if you want to get real wild, you might even do it twice in a day. I don't know. Just get crazy. But actually draw near to him and let him draw near to you. And, and then what happens is you begin to walk. You know, the, the Greek word, what they, when they say the word walk, if walk by the spirit, it actually talks about direction and empowerment. And this year, if you want both direction and empowerment as you walk, you need to follow the spirit of God. And if you do those things and you do everything that I said today, and you understand that you're under a covenant of grace, that you can approach him 
and expect to find mercy in your time of need, then you may actually have a year where you experience freedom. And if you are free, then you can be led by God because you'll never have it while you're drowning in condemnation. Does that make sense? Awesome. Why don't you stand to your feet? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.